friends, welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the three before. As we approach the end of another school year, we are preparing to honor students who are graduating from either high school or college with a special video presentation. We would love to include all our graduates in this. We need your student's name, school they are graduating from, college with major field of study or career path they have chosen, one photo of them as a child, and one present-day photo. We need this information by May 8th. You can submit these by email to michelle at mpasswaters at ctcde.church. Our next men's dinner night is Wednesday, April 5th at 6.30 at the Green Turtle in Middletown. Guys, if you haven't come to one of these dinner nights, it's a great time to get connected and build relationships. Men from both campuses are welcome. Easter is next weekend, and we have a number of opportunities for you to worship and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. On Friday, we have our community crosswalk at 5 p.m. and Good Friday night of worship at 7 at the Bear Campus. The Ellesmere Campus is giving out candy at Biden Park at 11 a.m. on Saturday. On Easter Sunday, we have sunrise services at 6.30 a.m. at both campuses. And then morning worship at Bear at 9 and 11 a.m. and at Ellesmere at 11. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're worshiping online, we welcome you. Can we stand together this morning and give praise to the Lord? Let's stand together.
praise for His greatness. God, we thank You for the things that You've done in our lives. We thank You, Lord, for who You are to us and who we are to You. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome You into this place to move among us as we do every week, every time we get together. Holy Spirit, we invite You to come and do Your work today. We invite You to be in control of everything that happens here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being together in your house. God, we thank you for those who are joining us online, and we pray that even there in their homes or wherever they're watching, that they would sense the moving of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. God, move among us, we pray today. We thank you for your greatness and all of the great things that you do and that you will do when we have faith in you. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Are you glad to be here? Amen. Go ahead. Again, those that are joining us online, we thank you for worshiping with us today. And uh, we just want to welcome you. If you're new today, if you've never been to Christ the Cornerstone, we want to extend a special welcome. If you're in the building today and you're new Uh, When you leave the sanctuary today after the service, to the left of the mall area is our Connect Central. We invite you to stop by there, pick up a free gift. Uh, You can talk to some folks from the church, find out about all the ministries that we have going on uh, here at Christ the Cornerstone. If you're new and you're online, you can click the I'm New Here button, which is up in the right-hand corner of the screen, or the box that just popped up in the chat window. Uh, Right there at your seats where you are is a Connect card. We ask you to fill that card out every time that you worship with us so that we know that you're here and uh, you can communicate prayer needs and praise reports uh, that you have on there. Uh, But we want to be able to rejoice with you when you are rejoicing and pray with you and weep with you when you are weeping. So uh, if you would fill that out and just drop it in the basket uh, when you're on your way out. All right. Here comes Pastor Roger to mug me. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you this morning and welcome. In the name of Jesus Christ, as we gather together, thank you for being here online and in person. I want to show you one thing this morning as we think about uh, serving others. I want to thank the folks that gathered last Friday afternoon. Uh, We walked through the neighborhood uh, right up here on on this side of 896, and then we crossed 896 and walked through the neighborhoods there. On every door of every house, we hung one of these baskets, or one of these bags, and inside the bag... Uh, we invited our neighbors, uh, there was a, there's a white paper bag inside, and we invited the neighbors to take this bag, put some uh, non-perishable food items in the white bag. They can keep this bag as a shopping bag, uh, as a gift from us to them, but we're asking them to put this uh, white bag with some groceries in it on their front door uh, on, on a Good Friday. And when we go through the same neighborhood for our crosswalk, which is at 5 o'clock on this coming Friday, we'll collect the, the groceries that our neighbors are donating, and then we'll share those with people through our food pantry here and at Ellesmere. We have a couple of these bags, a few of these bags left. They're hanging on a coat rack uh, in the entryway. You might have seen them when you come in. First come, first serve. So if you want one of these, uh, grab one. We distributed about 230 Uh, of these bags to the homes in our area, so uh, just across the street. So it was just an opportunity for us to connect with our neighbors and invite them to be part of our ministry with us. So remember that, Good Friday, uh, 5 o'clock, we'll be having our 
uh, our, our crosswalk, and uh, it, it's about a mile walk, and we have a cross that some of us will carry the cross, and others of us will collect the, uh, the groceries along the way, and I invite you to join us for that. And then at 7 o'clock on Friday, of course, is our, our service. It'll be a, a night of worship, mostly music and scripture reading and prayer, and it, and it continues the theme of prayer that we've been talking about throughout this Lenten season. Uh, let's encourage each other with a scripture verse. You know, we're talking about helping others with food. Jesus said, I want you to do what I tell you to do. I want you to follow me. And that means that we've got to act on these things that Jesus teaches us to do. So let's read this scripture together uh, as uh, hearing Jesus teaching us what to do. This happens to come from the book of Isaiah. Let's read this together. Feed the hungry. And help those in trouble, then your light will shine out from the darkness, and around you will be bright as noon. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. When we do what God tells us to do in this world, God's light shines in this world. So thank you for your generosity in every way. Let's continue worshiping God this morning. I invite you to stand uh, as I offer this prayer, and the team leads us. In song. Let's pray together. Father, we have gathered together today and we thank you for your mercy, for your kindness. We thank you, God, that you are here ready to listen to us. So, God, as we speak to you, as we sing to you, we ask your Holy Spirit to fall upon us. God, some of us need to hear you, hear you speaking to us today. We need encouragement. We need to hear our sins are forgiven. We need to hear you have purpose. So God, come and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come all you weary, come and find. His yoke is easy, his burden light. He is able, he will. the 
all you weary. Jesus said, come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those of you that know anything about, if you've ever driven up to Lancaster and you've seen horses or mules that are yoked together, it's not just a single, it's not just a single thing around their neck. There, there's at least two of them. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's not taking something off of him and putting it on us. He's saying, here it is. Come and join me. And we'll walk this together. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he does the work. He fights the battles. He brings the victory. Because his name is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, the scripture says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So speaking the name of Jesus in our lives 
over our children, over our families, over everything, every part of our lives is a powerful, powerful thing to do. And you might just say, how is just speaking a name? Give it a try. I challenge you to, I encourage you to give it a try. And not just in some flippant way, but just call on his name. Jesus, we call on you and we speak your name on our jobs, in our schools, in our church, in our community, everywhere we are and everywhere we go. We want your name to go before us and to go with us. Hallelujah.
praise today. Lord, we speak your name. We just say the name with me. Say Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Jesus. God, we thank you today for the power that is in that name. And we thank you today, Lord, for the love that caused you to come all the way down to rescue us.
for your great love for us. I just want to encourage you to take a minute just from your spirit, from your heart. Just tell the Lord how much that love means to you. Maybe you can't even express it. We sing a song that we just started singing recently around here called Gratitude. So I throw up my hands and I praise you again and again because all that I have it's a hallelujah. Sometimes that's all there is. God, we just lift up praise to you for who you are, for all that you are. We thank you, Lord, that, God, that you spent everything that you had to redeem us. Everything that you had to redeem us. Your only son. And as we walk through this coming week and look forward to next Sunday, to Easter Sunday, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of your Son. All the things that led up to that. God, we thank you that no expense was spared and no detail was overlooked to make sure that our redemption was secure. And so today we are overwhelmed. And we are grateful for your love. You know, whenever we sing this song, whenever we talk about the love of God, and especially this phrase, I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. And, and maybe in your heart today, you, you really feel that way. You feel like, why would God want to, why would he want to redeem me? What, what does he see in me? Well, first of all, he created you. Second of all, he's made you worthy because we are his children. Dearly loved children. That's what the scripture says about us. And so when it comes to our redemption, 
we are worthy because he's made us worthy. So when we take the healthy attitude that I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, congratulations. That's how we should be thinking. But then we need to go a step further and say, God, thank you for this free gift. Not, I don't deserve it, I couldn't earn it, I'm not worthy of the gift. You are worthy of the gift. Because he has made you worthy of the gift. So God, today we pray that as your Holy Spirit is moving among us, we've spoken your name, Jesus, just into the atmosphere. And God, we know that that name has power. And so today in every part of our lives, we ask you to help us to resist the devil. And James, you said, resist the devil and he will flee from us. So we speak your name to accomplish that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for our pastor. God, I pray that you would anoint him. We pray your blessing over him as he comes to bring the message now that our hearts would be open to receive from you. And God, that we would respond appropriately. We pray in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. amen. And God bless you. Something real quick. Thank you. I was supposed to say this earlier, and I didn't. But someone needs to hear this. And it pertains to saying the name of Jesus. And I just want you to know that when you say the name of Jesus, the atmosphere around you changes. It can't help but to change. So I don't know who needs to hear that. Whatever you are going on, whatever's going on in your life, wherever you happen to be at the moment, you need to know that if you say the name of Jesus, you will change the atmosphere like that because evil cannot be where Jesus has spoken. He cannot be there. Thank you, Lord. I just, because of that, I just don't, I feel like we need to kind of linger in this moment a little bit. And I don't know who that was for. Maybe it was for somebody online, but right where you are, Just begin to speak the name of Jesus. Maybe it's inside. Maybe you're saying it in your head to begin with, but then it needs to come out. Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we glorify you. Jesus, we thank you for the power that is in your name. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. Jesus, we thank you for walking with us through difficult dark, dark circumstances. Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. So Jesus, we yield ourselves to you today. one more thing I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to know a minute ago when we sang we did not sing your name brings healing your name brings power your name brings life right what do we say your name is 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 God loves us because that's who he is the name of Jesus 
saves us and heals us and sets us free because that what that's what it is. That's what He is. So bring healing, bring salvation, bring deliverance. Change the atmosphere, Jesus, as we speak Your name, that the enemy will flee. It's in that name we pray and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. so wonderful to have on communion Sundays. We have our families worshiping together, and, and I'm so glad to have, uh, have everybody together here in the same room. It's important to worship God together as a family. You know, on this day, as you, as you came in, it's Palm Sunday, so it's the day that we're talking about and remembering this Sunday before Easter that Jesus, the King of Kings, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Donkey. <laughs> there you go. Nice little donkey. You know, so Jesus, Jesus said to some of his disciples, he was preparing for the Passover, coming into Jerusalem. And so Jesus said, you go on ahead. Two of you go on ahead before us. And, and as soon as you get into the city, you're going to see a donkey tied up there. The donkey had never been ridden before. I want you to untie that donkey and bring it to me. So his disciples, doing what Jesus told them to do, were obedient. And they went in and they found the donkey. There it was, tied up, just like Jesus had said it would be. And they, they started to bring it. And the man says, what are you doing with the donkey? And they simply said, the master needs it. And the guy said, okay. And so he let it, let it go. So Jesus rode in on the donkey. And remember what they did. They laid down palm branches from the trees. They, laid, they took their cloaks off, their, their, their uh, coats or whatever, their blankets, their wrappings that they had around them, laid it down as a sign of honor and respect and celebration of the king. And do you remember what they said? They said a word. Hosanna. And that word means save us now. Salvation is here. And they were proclaiming Jesus as the one who brings salvation to all people. Of course, then we know that 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 celebration stopped rather abruptly and things changed very drastically throughout that week. And by the end of that week, Jesus wasn't riding on a donkey anymore. He was kneeling down in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to His Heavenly Father. And one of the things He prayed, we talked about this last week, was God, Father, Daddy, if at all possible I don't have to do this, please take it away. But Your will be done. So we're still talking about prayer, even though today's Palm Sunday, we're still talking about prayer. And we're going to jump from the New Testament to the Old Testament. And I need a little help. Who wants to, put, who wants to play with one of the puppets? Anybody, any of the young ones want to play with a puppet? You guys want to, want to be? I need two people. 
It's okay. Actually, I need three. We're going to go to the book of Second Samuel. Come on up, Josh. Second Samuel. First Samuel. Okay. Pick one. All right. You are. He needs a helper. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. Colin, you're going to be Eli. Old man Eli. Come over here. Come over here with Samuel. Catherine, guess who you get to be? You get to be the voice of God. Do you have a voice of God inside there? I think you do. Uh, let's see. What's something that God might tell somebody to do? Praise Him. Let's see. Let me get the other microphone. Because we might need the voice of God a little bit bigger. Okay. In your, in your loudest voice, with as much... So, so get a good breath of air and make your stomach tight so that your diaphragm, that's a muscle inside you, is, is tense. And that's going to support a great voice that comes out. And I want you to say, Praise Him! As loud as you can. Can you do that? Can it be brave? Do that? Praise Him! Excellent! Excellent! Okay. Josh, you're a little boy named Samuel. Now, Samuel was a little boy who, who was born to mom and dad when mom and dad were very, very old. And mom couldn't have any children for a very long time. And she prayed, God, give me a child, give me a child. And finally, God gave her a child. And they named him Samuel. And she was so grateful to God for providing a child that she said, I'm going to give Samuel to the temple so that he can learn to serve God all of his life. So Samuel went to the temple and he was cared for by the people in the temple and he was growing. And one of the things, one of the people that he had to help was the priest, Eli. Now Eli, as you can see, was a very old, old man. Colin, have you got an old voice inside that young body of yours? Now, your dad played God no, no. Your dad was, was Samuel last night. You can do better than your dad. <laughs> you think you can? I guess. I guess. All right. So I'm going to read the story, and, and then you guys, I'm going to tell you what to say. You don't have to worry about that, but, just, but I want you to say it with, with big voices, okay? So this is a story from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It says, The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, Eli the priest. Now, in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare. In other words, people didn't hear God speaking because God wasn't saying anything. That's a frightening time for, for a long time. And visions were very uncommon. But one night, Eli, who was almost blind now, I should have put some tape over his eyes, make him look like he was brown. Eli had gone to bed. Put Eli to bed. Excellent. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle. Good cue. Good. Excellent, Josh. 
uh, near the ark of God. What's the ark of God? It's the great big box that had the, that had the wings on top of it. And inside this box were the Ten Commandments. And some other things that God said put in there. And it was the place where the Jewish people knew that God was there. And when they had the ark with them, God was, God was with them. So, it's pretty important for, for Samuel to be sleeping near the ark. When suddenly, ready, the Lord called out, Samuel! Samuel! Excellent. Samuel replied, Yes, here yes, I am. Yes, here I am. Excellent. But Samuel thought it was Eli who was calling him. So Samuel ran to Eli and said, What is it? And he got up. Did you call me? Eli replied, said, I didn't call you. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Excellent. So then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Samuel. And... Samuel said, yes? Yes. What do you want? Did you call me? Yeah, excellent. See, you know the story better than I do. Did you call me again? So Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? Samuel, uh, Eli said, I didn't call you. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Go back to bed. Make, make Eli look a little tired and a little grumpy because now he's gotten up twice. Samuel did not know the Lord. Listen to that verse. Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never heard a message from God before. So the Lord called a third time, Samuel! Samuel! And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli saying, Here I am, did you call me? Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized that it was God talking to the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go lie down again. Go lie down again. And if someone calls again. And if someone calls again. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came as called before saying, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak. Speak, your servant is listening. You are amazing. You are amazing. Alrighty. So, that's where our story ends for the moment. Thank you guys for helping me tell the story. Why don't you put the puppets back in the little bag over there. Thank you. You did a good job being God. (laughs) Gotta have fun. Gotta have fun. There's an ancient saying that says we have two ears and one mouth (laughs) so that we can do twice as much listening as we do talking. That's a great thing. You know, we've all heard that. I think it was first, uh, as I was researching, it was first a a Greek philosopher who was uh, attributed having said that thousands of years Ago, God gave us ears to hear. Wasn't it interesting that in that story, Samuel did not know God 
because he had never heard God. The amazing thing is, and this is, this is the, we want two things out of this story, two simple things out of this story this morning. First is God created you to walk and talk with God. Uh, you know, God did not create you to just put you here and leave you here. God intended for you to constantly, continually have a relationship with God every day of your life. And not just until you die, but through your death and forever. Life is eternal. And God created us to experience that eternal life. He created us with the capacity, the capability, with the physical features to be able to hear God. That ought to make us stand up and shout, Yay! But nobody's doing it. (laughs) Yay! Good job. Thank you. God created you to walk and talk with God. What would, I mean, there are some people in this world who, who cannot hear. And they have to learn to, to compensate, to get information from uh, other ways. And, and for most of us, what a tragic life change it is when we lose any part of our bodies that we rely on. Right? So thank God. That he, in, in His wisdom, He created us with the ability to hear Him speak. A conversation requires someone to speak and someone to listen. And it builds a relationship. I'm just speaking the obvious, but sometimes the, the obvious things in life we take for granted. So how do we listen to God? Let's go back to our acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y, since we've been talking about it. Remember those letters stand for several weeks ago? We talked about P stands for pause, R for rejoice, A for ask, and Y for yield. And the beginning and the ending of, those, of, of that prayer, I think, implies our ability and the necessity that we are to listen to God. So one of the ways that we can, we can, um, we have to pause and listen to God. We can't hear God in the clamor of this world. We, I, I have my phone in my pocket, and this is one of the worst things for listening to God. Because, because, you know, my wife and I have these arguments sometimes. I texted you, but you didn't answer. How many times is God, we just sang that song. How many times is God calling out to us and we don't pay attention to God? How many ways is God speaking to us and we just ignore God? We have to learn to pause, quiet ourselves, and listen to God. We've got to make space for that. We've got to make time for that. And sometimes it's in the car on the way to work. But, but don't get so distracted thinking about God that you're distracted driving. Been there too. Never been arrested for praying in the car. <laughs> but I'm sure there are people who have. Oh, officer, I was just talking to God. Yeah, well, you need to pay attention to what you're doing here too. <laughs> so, 
So pausing, this acronym P-R-A-Y, reminds us to pause. And the last word, yield, that also implies an ability to, to, to let God go first. We have to hear God saying, it's my turn. And we have to respond to that by allowing God to hear. So it's an, an implied ability to hear. God wants us to listen, not just to hear, to, but to understand. Now the Israelites failed at understanding and listening to God. They allowed their circumstances to block out God's voice. Be, beware of doing the same thing in your life. Eli and Samuel lived at a time when God had just said, well, forget it, I'm not going to talk to you. And the voice of God was not heard. And we, perhaps, especially in our culture, and especially us who are in this room today, or you're watching online, because you're used to coming into the presence of God. You're used to that when you come into the presence of God, God is always here. But imagine a time when there are people calling out to God, and God's not Talking back. It's more frustrating than Carolyn sending a text to me and me not replying. (laughs) And I think there are always times in our lives when we all feel that way. God, why aren't you listening to me? So when God does speak, we need to be ready to listen. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, describes in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 7 through 8, he describes the situation of the Israelite people. Thousands of years before Paul wrote this, he says, so this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found favor, the favor of God that they are looking so earnestly for. They've been looking for God, but they couldn't hear him. They couldn't find him. A few, he says, the ones God has chosen. But the hearts of the rest were hardened. As the Scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep. And to this day He has shut their eyes so they could not see and closed their ears so they could not hear. Because of their hard-heartedness, God closed their ears. That leads us to the second point. First point was God created you to talk and walk with God. Secondly, We have to slow down and soften up. Soften our hearts. A hard heart, a person with a hard heart is a person that's very difficult to deal with. Calloused, coarse, can't get to know them, can't get in there. We've all met people like that. We've all been like that at times. When we're just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not listening to you, Carolyn, again tells me she can see it on my face when I'm not listening to her. She's an amazing woman. (laughs) And she doesn't let me get away with it. You need to calm down and listen to me. And I have to. I have have to do some physical things in my body to get me to stop thinking this this narrow-minded direction. This is the way I'm going to go and I don't care. I'm I'm, going to just Go over my children. I'm going to go over you. I'm going to go over because we're going to get this done. It's like on vacation and nobody's having fun. And your dad yells out, you're going to have fun whether you want to or not. (laughs) 
We've got to soften up. I know this is kind of a silly illustration, but it's one I think we'll all understand. Now, I know it's Easter, but I'm going to talk about Christmas and how the Grinch stole Christmas. I have not found the book that says how the Grinch stole Easter. I haven't found that book yet. But remember the Grinch. How, how in the story of the Grinch, his heart was what? Three sizes too small? Something like that? And where did the Grinch live? Did he have a family? Did he live in a, 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 a did he have neighbors right close by? No. The Grinch lived alone. And in his aloneness, he was miserable. They got another another Christmas movie, Home Alone, right? Probably we've all seen that one. When I grow up, I'm living alone. I'm living alone. Well, he got that lesson, didn't he? So the Grinch was alone and miserable. He was so miserable, he heard the people in Whoville singing after he had stolen their Christmas presents. He hoped that in his miserableness, he could destroy the joy and the life of the, of the community. But as he did that, something happened. He saw them having peace, having joy, sharing love, despite having nothing that he thought would give them. And what caused his heart to grow? It wasn't that somebody came to the mountaintop and said, what's wrong, Grinch? No, he heard and he witnessed the love of the community of those around there. So what creates a softened heart? Community. Now, I'm not talking about the communities in which we live. I'm talking about community. Being in relationship with other people. Having a peaceful relationship with mom and dad. Having a peaceful relationship between you and your child. You and your parents. You and your neighbors. Having a peaceful relationship with God who created you to be able to listen to Him. To have a relationship with Him. That's what softens a heart. Being in community. So the Grinch saw that community and the story says his heart started to grow and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew and in the picture it bursts the little box that he's been living in. And he enters into the community filled with joy. Jesus allows us to enter into the community in which we were created to live. First of all, the community with me and God, with you and God. And then as soon as you, you have faith in Jesus, you, have, you, you share something with everybody else who also has faith in Jesus. We are family. And you are not alone. And this little sacrament, that we, this, what we call this sacrament, this sacred moment that we come together and we share this tiny little wafer, this tiny little scrap of bread and this little bit of juice from the vine, we call it what? Communion. And in that word communion is the word community. And commune, which means to come together with one another. What softens a hard heart? Coming together 
the presence of God. You know, I know it's difficult to drag somebody with a hard heart into community, whether it's in the, into a family relationship or whatever. And, and I know that even as a denomination, we're separating our community. And that breaks God's heart. But there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ, too. And I'm not suggesting that what we're doing as a church is, is sinful. We're doing what we think is best. But we're still, we still need community of one another. So I'm inviting you this morning to, to, to enter into that, to listen to God. God is speaking. God has not abandoned us and is no longer, it's as if He's no longer speaking to us. He is speaking to us. He speaks to us through Scripture, certainly. And in the person of Jesus, whose name we call out. God speaks to us through wise counsel of one another. Through prayers that we share for one another. We need this in our lives. We were created for this kind of community. And we seek to share it this morning. So as you come to commune with God this morning, and in this, in this still the theme of prayer this week, I simply am asking you to listen to God. Ask God, is there anything in my life that's keeping me from hearing you, God? And then pause. Slow down. Let God speak to you. Maybe you just listen to the song that Bill is going to sing. Maybe you just listen to the music. Maybe you read a scripture and you say, God, speak to this. Speak to me in this. But we open ourselves to receive and to hear God. I I invite you to do that today as we receive this sacrament. Let's stand together as we say the the Apostles' Creed and then we'll pray together the Lord's Prayer. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's take a moment of silence. Just listen to God. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us in these moments. And then let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom the power and the glory 
are yours now and forever. Amen. I want to invite the servers, if you would come now and let's prepare to serve this sacrifice. Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood. This is my body given for you for the forgiveness of sins, for new life and eternal life. In our church, if you desire to receive this sacrament this morning, whether or not you're a member of our church, you're welcome to come and receive this sacrament this morning. As you come, a server will place in your hand a piece of the bread. You may take that bread, dip a corner of your bread into the juice, and then you may eat it. I invite you to then to stand or kneel here at the platform area to just listen to God speaking to you. Even if it's just silence, practicing listening to God this morning. We'll have uh, three stations. Uh, one will be here, and then the other two will be on the sides uh, of the platform. Gluten-free communion is here at the table, so make your way down the center and you can receive that there. Give us a minute as we prepare to serve.
I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to
plus nothing else is all that we need in life. As we prepare to go today, this altar area is still open if you want to come and pray. We have folks at the prayer stations. Don't leave here today, especially if you need to make a decision this morning or if you want somebody to agree with you in prayer. Don't leave here before you do that today. If you're online for several more minutes, there'll be somebody that will be available to meet with you. Chris is going to continue to play. When you need to go, you can go. But this front area is open for prayer. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would go with us, encouraging us and strengthening us in our communication with you to slow down. Hallelujah. Before you go, the Holy Spirit is just impressing on me to share with you one passage of scripture and it comes from Psalm 46:10. We know it for the most part as be still and know that I am God. But the message, you've ever seen this in the message paraphrase. It's it's I, I love this paraphrase. It says, "Step out of the traffic and take a long loving look at your father." Because he loves you. Step out of the traffic take a long, loving look at the Father. God, help us to do that this week, to slow down, to listen to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for worshiping with us.